Well, aloha and good morning, church. Happy Veterans Day. We're so uh, glad that you joined us and we're so thankful. And we just want to take this time to honor and appreciate all of our brave and courageous um, soldiers who have uh, served in our uh, military branches. Uh, we thank you for your uh, courage, your sacrifice, and also the families, really, who have also sacrificed having mom or dad away and uh, moving from different places. So thank you for protecting our freedom. Thank you for ensuring that this land of the free, home of the brave, we just had re-election or election uh, earlier this week. And it's a time really where we could pray for those who are elected and also, you know, appreciate our veterans. It gives us the freedom to be able to vote. So Hey, would you open your Bibles uh, to John chapter 15, uh, verses 3 to 11. We're going to focus our time together on verses 3 to 11. And we're going to continue our series called Abide. Abide. Um, and this idea of remaining in Jesus or being connected to Jesus. You know, it's so crazy to think about that I have two teenagers at home and one, I have a 16 and a 14 year old, and we also have a seven year old in second grade. But you know, when the two teenagers, when they were way younger, about three and five years old, uh, we wanted to instill in them the biblical principle of giving and being generous and also specifically uh, tithing. So, you know, we have Operation Christmas Child. Um, we participated in that and we sponsored Compassion International. To this day, over 12 years, we've been sponsoring children uh, in the Philippines through Compassion International. But one of the things we wanted to do was give them um, this discipline or spiritual principle of, of tithing. So uh, when they were still in children's arc <laughs> and when they were still in children's ministry, uh, they would have a time usually to, you know, give their tithes and offering and stuff. So uh, obviously my kids would not have the money to give. Uh, it would just make sense, you know, being the, the only Filipinos in Hawaii Kai, that I would make my Filipino kids, my three-year-old and five-year-old five Filipino boys, that I would make them do yard work. Manong, you cut the grass over there. But... Um, it's illegal to have a uh, child labor. Uh, and so uh, we actually, when it was time, every Sunday we would give them like a dollar each. And with that dollar that they've been given, they are now able to give and to tithe and to be generous and learn what it means to give back unto the Lord. And this idea of our of giving, it we started last week in our abide series and we set the foundation that god first abides in us in other words the reason that we abide in him is because he first abided in us in theology we call this prevenient grace meaning that god gives us the gift god gives us the grace to be able to respond to jesus to be able to respond to the gospel uh, because we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We couldn't respond to God. So God gave us this gift to be able to respond to Him uh, and believe in the gospel. So in the same way that, you know, we gave our kids $1, we gave them the gift so that they could give unto the Lord, the series Abide, uh, God 
tabernacles. God abides in us first. Even way back in the Old Testament, the word um, abide is like to dwell or to tabernacle. Or God made a temple so that he could dwell or he could live among his people. So, in other words, uh, this series is not you better muster up the strength or you better get close to Jesus and try your hardest and do what you can and discipline yourself so that you could abide in Jesus. Rather, it's God abiding in us first. And this is the message of Christmas, isn't it? Emmanuel, that God is with us and because God is with us first and God uh, dwelt in us first and abide in us first. All we have to do is connect or abide and remain in Him. And so let's read uh, John chapter 15. We're going to focus on verses 3 to 11 this morning with a message called abiding in love or dwelling or abiding in the vine. So in verse uh, 3, which starts off with, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and catch this, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that you may, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. And so, Father, we invite you right now. We thank you, Lord, that online right now, that I know that there's some, some of us that um, are unable to join in person. Maybe we're in the beach, maybe we're out traveling, maybe we're driving in the car, maybe we're at home with our coffee. Um, that Lord, your people have abided in you. We remain in you, we stick close to you this morning. And we thank you Lord that your word says that uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So this morning, Lord, we, we are hungry for more of you. We're thirsty for your presence. And Lord, we, your word says, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. So Lord, we abide in you this morning because you abided in us first. You drew near to us first. You loved us first. You gave us unto us first. You served us first. And so Lord, we abide and connect and we remain in you in jesus name we pray amen amen you know i was scrolling through instagram uh, earlier this week and i came across this video where they have the text on top and then you know it's kind of like one of those funny videos but it says uh, tell me you're a christian without telling me you're a christian and so there would be a guy eating a sandwich he'd take a bite ah 
and then he realized, oh, I didn't pray. So I was like, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. Uh, bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And then after that, he would resume eating. Or there would be a, um, like a, a girl eating pizza. And she's chewing and she's like, oh, oh Lord, oh, th thank you for this food. Uh, bless this food. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then she would even like spit out the food or put it back in. And then after she prays, then she would resume eating. Um, or there's be uh, like a, a, this girl that I saw that she would be on, on she woke up. And she had she reached for her phone. She goes, "It's TikTok time," and she realized, "Oh, no, never mind." Lord, I just thank you for waking me up today. I pray that you'll bless me in Jesus' name. Amen. And then after that, she would. Now it's TikTok time, and you know it's all meant to be in jazz. It's all meant to be funny, but there is this inherent idea in those videos that you know being a Christ follower is a life of compartmentalization. In other words, um, you know, you prayed for 15 seconds. Okay, I did my prayer. Uh, now I could eat. Oh, I did my prayer. Now I could uh, go on. Oh, I did my 15 seconds of prayer, but now I could have 15 hours of screen time unto myself. That we kind of put God to the side. Oh, like I, I read my Bible. I did my devos in the morning. Then I move on with the rest of my day out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's, it's kind of like you know, when you put your kids to bed, finally, right? When you um, prepare dinner, a long days of work, you prepare dinner, you put the kids to bed, you, you uh, wash the dishes, you clean up, and it's around 8, 8.30, and you finally like, ah, and now it's my time. Now it's not, forget the kids, they're already in bed. Now it's my time, it's about me. And, and there's this uh, compartmentalization or, or when we exercise, right? When you get, uh, oh, I gotta get my run in in the morning, or I gotta uh, get my jog in, or I gotta do my workout, and I gotta do my, go to the gym in the morning. And once we're done, out of sight, out of mind, and we go on with our rest of the day. And the problem with that is, you know, if there's anything we could learn from John 15 is that our relationship with Jesus isn't just a one and done transaction. It is an ongoing relationship. We just don't, okay, God, I, I, I did my prayer. I did my devotions. I spent, I did my quiet time, you know, where we said it and we forget it. But it is Abiding in Jesus, it is a lifelong, it is a continual, it is a remaining, a connecting, a moment by moment abiding with Jesus. You see, uh, for, the, for the Apostle John, there's different aspects of abiding. It could have different meanings. The first meaning of abide in John's theology is that we receive Jesus as Savior. So in John chapter 6, verse 56, right? He said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks in my blood, what? Abides in me and I in him. So this word abide, as I talked about last week, that it occurs over 11 times in John chapter 15. It occurs 40 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In the four gospel, it occurs over 40 times, but 27 times John uses this word abide. And in this instance, the word Jesus says, hey, if you um, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, all right, if you receive me as Lord and Savior, if you partake of my death on the cross by eating this bread, if you receive me 
uh, as Savior, that I died as a substitute for your sin, that I became an atonement for your sin, then you uh, abide in me, meaning you believe in me. You see, this word abide means that it's to remain in the same place over a period of time. It means to, it means to remain or to stay. Remember I talked about last week, um, Eugene Peterson's uh, definition of faithfulness. What is faithfulness? It is a long obedience in the same direction. And that's the idea of abiding in Jesus. It's not just, okay, I prayed my thing, I did my Christian duty, I spent time, I did that, you know, I, I read my Bible, I did my quiet time, I prayed, I did my worship music, now it's time to do whatever I want. That is not what abiding is. It's this relationship, not a transaction. Um, and what is the meaning uh, of abiding, one aspect is that it means that you believe in Jesus, that you abide in Him. Another aspect is, um, number two, is to continue or persevere in believing. Look at John 8, chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Okay, so you, you believed in me, but now continue or persevere in believing in me. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Let what you had heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. So it has like this start this initial um, believing, but to abide means to continue or to persevere in believing. But in John chapter 15, the way that Jesus um, uh, uses this word abide and the way that John frames it, it, it means to believe it, or a, having a believing or loving obedience. Let me repeat that, a believing or loving obedience obedience. Look at John chapter 15 verses 9 through 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep, there's a word obedience, if you keep my commandments and you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. See, there's a uh, connection there of abiding in Jesus and keeping His commandments. If you love me, you would obey me. You would obey my commandments. So would you write this down? This is the takeaway and this is the big idea for us this morning. Abiding in Jesus is or equals a lifestyle of loving obedience to Jesus and His Word. There's no compartmentalization here. There's no separation, right, with Jesus. It is an integration of what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all of your strength. The totality of who you are, you are to love Jesus. And when we abide, it means that we integrate this lifestyle of not just obedience, but this loving, maintaining, um,
fervent uh, connection with Jesus and to his word. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but, uh, you know, to supplement our income, because expensive out here in Hawaii and also because of inflation, you know, I kind of I flip cars on the side after hours. And so um, one of the things I learned, you know, all the different lights in the car, there's a dome light for the dome, there's a map light. I mean, nobody uses the map anymore, right? But, you know, there's a trunk light, there's uh, different aspects of the car. But in the interior, they have this glove compartment, right? Or a glove box. And does anybody have any gloves in their box? <laughs> no. Uh, usually you put your car registration, your safety check, maybe a manual, some, like for us, growing up with boys and toddlers and, and kids, we, have, we, we borrow um, napkins from... McDonald's or Starbucks and you know somebody you know sneezes or somebody throws up or whatever we have napkins but all that to say is that you know uh, there's this compartmentalization but abiding in Jesus it is a lifestyle of obedience of this loving because you love me because you abide in me Jesus I am now going to abide in you and I and I'm going to do what you say and I'm, I'm going to follow you with obedience in John chapter 15 verse 3 we see here already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you and uh, Jesus says, hey, you're clean already. Why? Because of the word that I have spoken to you. This word clean there, there's, it's hard to see in the English, but in the Greek, um, John has a little uh, pun. He has a play on words with this word clean. This word clean here is katharos, all right, or katharos, meaning you're ceremonially or you're spiritually clean and you're pure. And the word for um, prune, kathira, all right, uh, it means to cause something to be clean or to be cleansed or to clear out. And what Jesus is saying, hey, because of the word that has been spoken to you, you are clean. And if you abide in me, you'll be pruned or you'll be cleansed. Okay. Um, and it's through the spoken word of Jesus that you and I are clean. Jesus says, to whom the Son has set free is free indeed. To Jesus, his spoken word to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. That thief on the cross was clean. When he told the woman, Samaritan woman, Hey, who has come to judge you? Neither have I come to judge you. Go and sin no more. She has been cleansed. It is the spoken word of Jesus. You see, all scripture is God-breathed, 1 Timothy 3.16. And the main point is that the spoken word of Jesus, meaning the word of God, meaning the Bible, scriptures, the spoken word of Jesus, when it is believed, when it is obeyed, it, it has made you clean and it makes you pure. It's when you believe in Jesus 
when you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You are wiped clean when you believe in the spoken word of God. We already went through, you know, Jesus' spoken words in the Gospel of John. Remember those that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, you will never go hungry again. That Jesus is um, the bread of life that satisfies our spiritual hunger. And if we believe in Jesus, we will never be thirsty again, that nothing else will satisfy. I've tasted and seen the goodness of God. You could have all this world, but I want Jesus. And I, once you believe in that, that he is the bread of life, you are cleansed, the spoken word of God. When he says, I am the light of the world in the midst of darkness, Jesus is the one true God, he's the light. When he says, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus was describing his constant care and to his devotion to his followers that when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, that the good shepherd would lay down his life. He was letting uh, his disciples, me and you, know that he um, would sacrifice his own life for his people, that he's not a hireling that would run away when trouble comes or the, when the wolves come, but he would lay down his life because he's the good shepherd. And he laid down his life for us at the cross. When we believed in that, in the spoken word, uh, John 15 verse 3 says that we have been cleansed already. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection of the life. Remember, uh, the context of this was Jesus saying this to Martha after um, Martha's brother Lazarus has been dead. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. See, you see, death brings despair and hopelessness and finality until Jesus spoke these words, I am the resurrection of the life. And then when he died on the cross and three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. When we believe that he's the resurrection and we too have that resurrection power in us and that we too one day will be resurrected from the dead, we have been cleansed already so it's the spoken word of god and when jesus declares i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father he's saying he is the only true living god there are no all the all the roads don't lead to heaven it is only through christ and listen church when he declares that i am the vine you are the branches apart from me we can do nothing when you believe in that you are cleansed already. You, are been, you have been freed already. So it's through the spoken word of God. And Jesus was there from the very beginning. When God spoke, let there be light, there was light. When Jesus spoke to the storm, be still. And the storm was still. And to our chaotic hearts, when Jesus says, I love you with an everlasting love. We believe in that we have been cleansed. And because of that, uh, I have two application points for us as we uh, uh, bring this, put some meat and, and bones in this uh, message. First is this, abide daily in God's word. Abide daily in God's word. We read this earlier in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Do you guys notice the marriage between love and obedience? It goes together. That if you abide in Jesus, you're going to abide in His love, then you're going to obey. It goes hand in hand. And listen, you can obey God, but not love Him. You can obey God because you're scared of Him. You can obey God to make yourself look good in front of everybody, of self-righteousness. You can obey God uh, for, for wrong motives. But you need to hear me very clear. You can obey God and not love Him, but you cannot love God without obeying Him. It does not go together. Love and obedience goes together. You can't say, oh, I love you, God, and Lord, you are my Lord. You've saved me from my sins, but I'm going to do whatever I want. You could... You can't compartmentalize. There's no sphere. There's no area in your life. If you say that you love God and you love God, but you're not willing to obey Him and trust Him and allow His Word to cleanse you, you can't compartmentalize your obedience to God. There's not an area in your life that that doesn't fall in the sphere of the Lordship of Jesus where you have the choice whether to obey Him or not. If you love Him, you will obey Him. First uh, John chapter 5, verse 3 makes this very clear. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. So if you track what Jesus is saying here, He says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. I'm gonna prune some areas in your life. I'm gonna cut off um, maybe uh, an unhealthy relationship, a toxic friendship. Maybe I may even um, prune something that's good in your life. Maybe it's um, something that brings you comfort. Maybe a sense of security. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's your health. But the Lord is pruning it. He says, I, I, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. So there will be fruit in your lives if you abide in him, if you abide in his word. You know, there was a study in, I believe, 2011 uh, by the Center for Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 Americans 40,000 from the age of 8 to the age of 80. And they wanted to see how people were engaging in Scripture. And you know what? They discovered something so profound. Um, they weren't even looking for it, but it became the highlight of the study. And you know what the game changer is? What was the highlight of the study of over 40,000 people? He says, when we're in the Bible, when we're in Scripture one time a week, so you go to online church, and the pastor says, open your Bible. You open your Bible. When you engage one time a week, you hear the message, 
there's negligible or little effects in key areas of your life. If you go two times a week, there's negligible effect. And you think, okay, three times a week, if you read your Bible three times a week or you're engaged um, in Scripture, there was just a little blip. There's just a little bit heartbeat. But here's the profound discovery that they, that they came upon. Here's the game changer. See, when we're in the Scriptures four times a week, it literally spikes off the charts. Now, you, you would expect, okay, that it would be incremental. Maybe if you go one time a week, two times a week, three times a week, four times a week. But uh, if you go one, two, three, three times a week, it just stays pl uh, plateau and flat. But when you abide in God's Word at least four times a week, boom, there's a jump. And what is the jump? Here's the jump. The feeling of loneliness drops 30%. Anger issues drops 32%. Bitterness in relationship, maybe, maybe with your spouse or your ex-wife or your ex-husband, family, your kids, your co-workers, your neighbors. Bitterness in relationship, it drops down 40%. Alcoholism drops down 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant, you know, and if there's one area that people are honest with and they'll tell you, it's like, ah, I'm just not feeling it anymore, you know, I feel a little bit stagnant. And you ask them the question, how much time do you spend in Scripture? If they spend at least four times in a week, spiritual stagnancy, lukewarmness, it drops down 60%. Viewing pornography drops down 61%. And on the positive side, if you are daily abiding and obeying God through His Word, sharing your faith increases 200% because you have confidence in God's Word. And check this out, discipling other people reaching other people for Christ, investing and building relationships. If you are in the Word of God, if you are remaining, abiding in Jesus, the cleansing Word of God, at least four times a week, discipleship jumps to 230%. Isn't that fruit? from loneliness to anger, bitterness, alcoholism, spiritual stagnancy drops. And sharing your faith and discipleship over 200%, it goes up. Can you guys see how the Word of God cleanses us and transforms us from the inside out? See, there's fruit when we abide in Jesus. Let's not compartmentalize spirituality. 
let's not put, oh yeah, that's my Jesus time, that's my alone time, that's a me time. No, integrate Jesus in every aspect. Soak yourself, marinate yourself, meditate in the Word of God and let the Word of God transform you. Connect to the vine and there will be fruit in your life by the authority of God's Word. Stick close to Jesus, remain in Jesus, obey what the Bible says and there will be fruit, tangible, long-lasting fruit in your life for the glory of God. So may I encourage you this week, if you could at least four times, you know, Psalm 119, it's the longest book and uh, longest chapter in the whole Bible, but uh, you know, there's 176 verses, uh, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and there's eight stanzas, but uh, what I want you to do is just marinate, stay in the Word of God. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping his heart according to your Word. Your Word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, this is the verse, this is the chapter where you could allow the Word of God and abide in Him and He will bear fruit in your life. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. We thank you. We worship you, Jesus, for your goodness and your faithfulness. And so, Lord, I pray right now, as we have abided in you, as we have drawn near to you, you are here. So, Lord, I pray that you would not only abide in us, O oh Lord Jesus, but change our appetites, that there would be lasting fruit in each one of our lives. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Happy be uh, Veterans Day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. We love you. Have an amazing week. Take care.